This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Get a Casper mattress and get a great night's sleep. Try it for 100 nights risk-free. Go to casper.com slash Glenn and use the promo code Glenn. Get $50 towards the purchase of your mattress. Terms and conditions do apply. Hello, America, and welcome. Boy, do we need a little Christmas. We are going to... I saw something today that is one of the most cruel things I have ever seen. And that's when I said to the boys, break out the Christmas cheer. Because we need the real spirit of... Christmas and Christ's birth and thanksgiving and humility to permeate us. And there's only five weeks before Christmas. That's not enough time to to do anything besides dread that your relatives are coming and put up the tree and think about, geez, why didn't I put the lights away right last year? Five weeks till Christmas, we begin with the news of the day. And why we need Christmas more than ever, right now. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the program. Glad you're here. Stu's not in a good mood. He's cold. He can't identify as a man today because it's cold and he doesn't have his little heated blanket. I mean, I, 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 I respect the fact that you're not normalizing gender. However, right. uh, I have always been identifying as a woman in this room. Right. It's that cold all, every day. And that's nothing could Stu be used to have truth, to. Stu, yeah, I know. Stu used to have to leave the studio because he would look at me when he was the producer. He'd be in a little sweat box. And he'd come into my studio, and he, we would talk for, you know, during the break, and he would look at me and he'd say, it's time for you to go back on the air, and my hands are now blue. <laughs> and he would hold them up, and they really would be blue. Mm-hmm. You yes. are, you're pathetic. Well, now you've moved us to a new room. Um, well, because we're redoing the radio studios now. The, the election is over, and we were in the Oval Office, and so I didn't want people to have to work over the holiday, so we're... I like how you're... you're your you habit what? of randomly uh, throwing new things at us is, is passed off as a virtue here, which is nice. <laughs> uh, it's always fun. Um, but Where have you been if you didn't know that we were doing this no, the last months? I'm uh, sitting in the months. same room with you every day, right? Yeah. Uh, but just never heard a word yeah, of it. not listening. But beyond that, it's yeah. nothing to do with that. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, however, the issue here is now I am on a no, you're a You're, you're identifying as a woman, no. and so it's just like a woman never listening to what the husband says. I've told you about this for months. I've told you. you told about- us, I believe, Jeffy's look. even Jeffy is looking at me as yes. if I'm right. Uh, well, you've the- told us that after the vacation, which was a, Christmas, a Thanksgiving break, which we're off next week, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. that we were going to come back to. I hate to agree with situation. Stu, but yeah. thank you. I, I hate to disagree with Stu, but I knew about this. Yeah, thank you, Pat. Well, you, you seemingly talked to him. No, he's a man. I'm a man. He's a man. I'm a man. Yes, you I are am. in the donut shop too often, and you're a woman. <laughs> so that explains all of it. Now, if you would like to continue. I would, continue because I have it. a nice, I've invested uh, my own funds. Yeah. In, a, in a wonderful electric blanket mm-hmm. that I put matched, on the couch. That matched, matched the other the couch. couch and what happened to the office. Snuggly or whatever that's called the that snuggie, we got you? It was, yeah, it was it got in a little bit of the way of the broadcast, I felt, yeah. especially with the, <laughs> the kind of covering the microphone. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I've innovated. I have seriously spent <laughs> probably $600 I know, trying to on stay heaters. You could, put your little or, foot, you could put your little foot thing down here. Yeah, I did see. I did see. Do you want to know what your Christmas present's going to be? Yes, absolutely. I saw socks that you can plug in. <laughs> that sounds pretty good. Right. I have microwavable socks. No, these are socks you uh, actually but, plug in. What about what about for his hands? For his blue hands? Right. Do you have oh, he'll have to rub his. I'll put those sockies on his hands. Okay. Too. I'm fine with mittens. I mean, look, I, if it wasn't for television, I just could I could just wrap yeah. myself in the yeah. snuggie. Yeah. But you know, you keep continuing to make us go on television. Not that the audience wants to see any of us on television. Uh, and because of that, I'm supposed to look like, I, I, you know, I'm not a, a woman uh, and, and covered in blankies. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> you keep taking away every single thing. Like, it's a constant adaptation to this new environment, mm-hmm. in which I'm, I'm just throwing money at this problem, trying to solve stop it. Wearing the, if you'd stop wearing the skirts, we'd be fine. All right, I think let's... we invested uh, a heck of a lot of money a couple of years ago in a very nice... Uh, it, it, in, in a very nice bunny outfit for you. Yes, from we did. Pajama, yeah, Pajamagram. Pajamagram.com. Yeah. I, look, if you're fine with me wearing that, I mean, I mean, it's very Oh, cool. we're fine. You go right now. Go to the dressing room and get <laughs> it. Have it. Go get it. We have it. No, we gave it, it to be, you. You'll be snuggly and warm. Yeah. yeah I don't. So. so we have that. All right. Um, I got up this morning and I was in a perfectly fine mood. And then I got, then I, then I arrived. And I started, <laughs> and I started reading the news. Um, Oof, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, we have Wanda Sykes, uh, who is, uh, was booed on stage um, for saying that the president-elect is a racist. And I would like to know what the evidence is that he is a racist. He has said things. Um, he said that about Mexicans, that they were rapists. Okay. Not good. Not good. And, and really... Let's be fair about that. We're not Trump fans. However, I think we know what he meant, that some of them are rapists who are coming across the border illegally. And some of them are. I don't think Trump ever meant. He, he spoke it very inartfully in, in political speak. Which he does. But you know what he meant. He didn't mean all of them were rapists. Right? right? I think I we think can so. all, if you're a reasonable so. no, he person, even, he, you know he didn't mean that. So, he even said, I assume some of them are good people. I assume. I mean, it's so bad. Right, but, but it goes, it's still, it it's not, it's, it's, I, I just don't believe, and maybe he is. Maybe he is. He is surrounded himself. The only himself. evidence is from the past when he was, when they were doing the, the rent things. Uh, you know, with he, his father. Yeah. With his father. Yeah. And that was in the 1970s, but it was with his father. And, you know, his father probably was. I mean, I don't know, but, you know, a different generation and, you know. Yeah. New York, that's just, I mean, it's just a different world uh, back then. All right. So I can't take it anymore that people's, that, that, that I said one time 
one time that I think the president has a deep-seated hatred for white people mm-hmm. based on based on evidence his book by the way his, based on his book not just his book but his words he said that his his grandmother was a typical white person right who had a an ingrained and a built-in in their DNA fear of white uh, black, black people. people. Yeah, uh, I mean that's come on. Oh, now. So 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 I I said it. I said it horribly, inartfully. I shouldn't have said it. I've apologized a million times. It has happened. What eight years ago? Eight years ago, I said that. Seven years ago, I said no, that. It was, it was eight or nine years. I am ago, still yeah. asked in every interview about that. Yeah, Wanda Sykes, and it seems every celebrity can go on television and claim with authority that he is a racist. And it doesn't seem to matter. In a time when, at a time when I'm saying, please, please don't make the same mistake that I made. Will you bring that up the next time somebody brings up your, uh, your little incident? Please. No, it wasn't a little incident, but yes, I will bring it up, but they won't they won't it really matter. was a little thing. It was it a won't little matter. Thing. It, it was won't, blown way out of proportion. It won't matter. I know. And 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 here's the thing. I'm begging the left, please don't do that. And here's why. Because no one will listen to you and you're just ratcheting things up. You're just ratcheting them up. Do you have the Bill Maher thing edited yet? I have part of it. No, I want the other part. When you get that edited, let me know. Bill Maher came out and said, you know what I learned? Exactly what I warned would happen last week. I said, warning, it's going to start going down this road. I didn't realize it would be the following Monday where they said, we're not mean enough. We're not angry enough. We're not piggish enough. That's what we should have done. And then... The worst piece of video I have ever seen in my life. I, I am very aware of what child abuse is because I grew up in a family with mental child abuse. Nobody that I know of in my family was ever hit or anything else. But mental abuse played a role, and it still plays a role in my family. I have worked my whole life to try to reverse this in my family. It is a disease. I'm going to play the audio of an eight-year-old boy who came home from school who had voted for Donald Trump. Now, he's a black kid, maybe eight. And his mother, he voted for Donald Trump. At school. At school. And his mother has his suitcase packed by the front door. And here's what happens. Since you voted for Donald Trump, you can get your get out. Uh Uh-uh. The suitcase is packed by the door. Yeah, been packed since this morning. Bye. Matter of fact, uh, and get your sign so some so when the people see you outside, they know why you're standing out there. Here you go. No. Here. Now Take your kid sign. Absolutely yeah. believes 
that mother is doing this. She's now taking him to the front door to grab his bag. Now she's opening the door and trying to push him out. Here's your suitcase. Bye. Oh, David. Uh-uh. Get your suitcase. No! Elba, this is get so your suitcase. And get out. Bye. No! Go. Uh, does mom know it wasn't a binding election at school? Get your suitcase. Uh, wow. Get out. Here you go. She pushes him out the door onto the front porch. And closes the door. Bye, Donald Trump lover. But it doesn't stop. Now you got school tomorrow. You should have thought now about stop. that. Stop. Now she's chased him off the property and pushing him onto the sidewalk and saying, "Go, go, leave." And so now it's dark outside, and he's now pulling his suitcase, and as she's chasing him down the street. Bye. This this where you gonna be at from now on. Why did you vote for him at school? Why did you vote for him at school? Why did you vote for him at school? Because you see him on TV a lot. Boy, bye. Anyways, yep, you see him on TV. Well, I hope you find another TV to see him on, because this is going to be your new home. You can't come back here. Bye. Now, this is her other son. voted for Donald Now screaming, saying, Oh, I want my brother. And he is walking down the street about half a block away. You can go be with the Donald Trump lover. And then she says to her son, you go be with that Donald Trump lover. I hope CPS is on the scene because, wow, that's horrific. I, I... I don't know about anybody else. But I just can't continue to look at it. I, I, how, do we, how do we find joy? How do we find joy? How do you find joy and stay plugged in to what is happening to us? I don't know. I can find joy in my own life and not and not pay attention. I I I I honestly don't know how to do it. How how what are we turning into? You read the read the hate online. Read the hate online. This didn't heal last week. Nobody wants it to heal. There are those people who are for Donald Trump. Not all of them. A very small minority, I am sure. But they will. They want everyone to be punished. They want vengeance. You will never be a part of this if you weren't there with them the whole time. I don't want to be with you if that's the way you are. Nobody wants to be with you if that's the kind of country you want to be.
You banish people? Who wants to be a part of a nation like that? Is that who we are? Bill Maher says we need to run somebody more vicious in four years. You think this is going to stop this way? You think that we're not going to have riots in the streets if everyone just continues to push in opposite directions? The ones who are being destroyed are the people in the middle. The people, the good people on both sides who say, guys, we're being pulled apart by the edges And you know what kills me? The people who want to burn it down, the anarchists on one side and the, and quite honestly, the anarchists on the other side. I'm going to be real clear. The Steve Bannons of the world. Steve Bannon wants to burn it down. And you will, if you listen to this show, you will learn what he wants to replace it with. He's a nightmare. And he's the chief advisor to the president of the United States now. If a government becomes hostile to to the principles outlaid in our founding documents, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, that there is a God, he created man, He gave us inalienable rights. And the government is set up to protect those rights. And those rights mean that you can believe whatever it is you want to believe. You can vote for whoever you want to vote for. But you have to be a decent human being to be able to have those rights. If a government ever becomes hostile... The people have the right to abolish or alter it. But here's what I don't hear. The rest of that line. And replace it with what? Man has to have a government. Replace it with what? We're all burning it down. We are becoming the people of the French Revolution. Just burn it down. It's not the way, and there's a better way. And we can find it if we don't lose our humanity. My Patriot Supply, this this half hour is our sponsor. Could I just ask you, just for, just for the, just in case somebody in your family loses a job, nothing big, just in case somebody loses their job, And you don't have to worry about buying food. You know, families fall apart when there is terrible economic stress. For $997 right now, you can get a year's worth of food for one adult. Or for a family of four, that's three months of food for $997. 
Call them now, 800-946-2325, 800-946-2325, or go to preparewithglenn.com. That's preparewithglenn.com. The Glenn Glenn Beck Beck Program. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. The key to having a great day starts with having a great night's sleep, and I know because I have a Casper mattress. The Casper mattress was invented with two high-tech foams that give you all of the support that you need and guarantee that you get the best night's sleep ever. Time Magazine named Casper Mattress one of the best inventions of 2015. Casper ships for free in a box so small you won't believe it holds the actual mattress, making it simple to get from your front door to your bedroom. And you try it for 100 nights risk-free. They'll come and pick it up if you don't love it as much as I love mine. And they'll refund every single dime. Once you try it, you're never going to want to sleep on anything else. Having a great day by having a great night's sleep. Casper.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn. $50 off the purchase of your mattress at Casper.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. Don't forget, $50 off the purchase of your mattress. Casper.com slash Glenn. Terms and conditions do apply. Cal, can you see if you can find that song for me, the whole song? I, you know, I, I listened to this yesterday on the way into, um, into church yesterday with my daughter. And I don't think she was interested in it at all. And uh, I said it's my favorite Christmas song because of the words. It's a true story. Uh, from Longfellow. Longfellow was, uh, you know, we, we know his poems, but we, we, don't, we, we, don't, we don't know the depth of despair that that guy went through. And the bells on Christmas Day, I heard the bells, is one of the most powerful songs ever if you actually know the story behind it. To the middle of the Civil War, I think his son, one of his sons killed. Another son loses, I think, a leg. And his wife dies the way the majority of women who died early died, by catching on fire. She was cooking over the stove in the kitchen, which was an open hearth, an open fire, wearing one of those big, huge dresses, And it gets too close to the embers in the fireplace. And her dress catches flame. 
and she can't put it out. And she calls for Longfellow, her husband. He runs in. He gets on top of her and tries to put her out. He catches on fire, and he's horribly burned and scarred. She dies. And it's Christmas. And he's hearing the cannons roar. Now put yourself back into that time period. Even at the end, Abraham Lincoln did the most unpopular thing he could do. He stood in front of a crowd on his second inaugural address. And he said, we have to bind the wounds of this nation. We have to go and comfort and feed and help those who have borne the the sorrows of this war. He didn't want to punish anybody. He didn't want vengeance. He wanted everybody to go home and be an American again. Go home and concentrate on your family. Go home and work on your farm. Go home and love each other. Nobody wanted that. It's the reason why Booth shot him. Because he knew there was hate in the hearts of the country. And if he would just kill Abraham Lincoln, it would start all again. He would be the rebel that had the balls to finish the job. And then the, the South would rise again in their hatred. It didn't happen. And that is what Longfellow heard in the bells. His family is forever changed. His wife is dead. Imagine the despair. And he hears the peal of the bells on Christmas Day and he says, there's no God. And the second verse, he says, I hear the roar of the cannons and they mock the song. God's dead. We have gone through time periods much worse than this. But there were people of faith that held us together. I read a lot of, I read de Tocqueville this weekend, Democracy in America. Here's a guy who was trying to figure, comes from France. We get the idea of American exceptionalism from him. Because he's watching us overseas and he's like, what is making, what, how are we, how is this country doing this? What is it that these people have? And he first thinks that it's the abundance of land. That you can go anywhere and you have this land, you can start all over again. And then he thinks, 
Now, maybe I'll find it in the courts and because there's justice here. Maybe I'll find it in Congress. Maybe I'll find it in the president. It's in the founding documents. He finally realizes that, no, it's, it's not. It's, those things are the effect, not the cause. The effect is a byproduct of people of faith. And he even says, I don't even know if Americans really believe. I can't search their hearts. So I don't know if they actually even believe in their own religion. I don't know. I just do know this. They all know that without something that holds them together and holds them to a higher standard of virtue, this whole thing would collapse. They will fight for each other's religion because they know, even if it's not theirs, they know it's what's holding us together. He said one of the most amazing things that he discovered was the missionary program in America. He said, in America, the rich are paying for missionaries to spread religion. He doesn't like Catholics too much. And he said, even the Catholics are doing this, but they're not doing it for the same reason they do it in Europe. When you talk to the people who are spending loads of money to fund these missionaries trip these missionary trips they're spending it because they know at some point america may fail and they want to plant the ideas and the faith and the virtue elsewhere so if america fails there will be some place else that will hold this up and free the world We don't even think that way anymore. And there is no place to go. I keep thinking that maybe God's going to start all over and it will start in China. Because that's where the church is awake. Maybe, it'll, maybe he'll start it in China because they've gone to jail for what they believe. George Washington made a point of thanksgiving. Abraham Lincoln made a point of thanksgiving. They all knew that if we would humble ourselves and we would beg for forgiveness, that God would bless us and our land. If we would give thanks to him. Do you know that we didn't even celebrate Christmas for a good portion of our history? Not until the late 1800s did we actually celebrate Christmas. We didn't close a store. We thought that was garish. We thought that was actually wrong. 
we thought it would be too flashy that Christ's birth was too holy to even talk about in the, in the open space and say, I have to have the day off so we could celebrate. It was too holy. You go to church and you go to work. That's who we were. In the 1940s, during the 1930s, during the Great Depression, FDR knew that we had to give thanks and we needed to praise God on Thanksgiving. But that has nothing to do why, why we celebrate it where we do. It's locked in now. And the reason why it's locked in, it wasn't locked in Sometimes it would be the last weekend. Sometimes it would be two weekends before, but now it's locked in. And the reason why? Because FDR said, we need that extra week of shopping. It will help the economy. We've gone from a country that wouldn't even openly celebrate Christmas because it would be too garish to taking the one of the most sacred, well, the most sacred American holidays of Thanksgiving and moving it because it's good for the economy. We need that extra week of shopping. There is no God. God is asleep. God is dead. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. The wrong will fail. The right prevail. The peace on earth that we are promised, it's peace on earth to men of goodwill. That's what the actual translation is. Peace on earth to men of goodwill. That's in short supply. And maybe for the next five weeks, we should try to figure out how we all can be men and women and children of goodwill. Sponsor this half hour is Casper Mattress. How'd you sleep last night? How'd you sleep last night, Pat? Really well. You recovered from our little adventure last night? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I, I left the Boy Scout camp uh, on Friday night at about 4 a.m. Well, they, did they close the camp down? Uh, oh, wait, I, everybody don't, went? don't even start with me, mister. I didn't show up for my kid. Uh, I, I, oh, I've got a rant on the Boy Scout camperie coming up in a minute. But anyway, <laughs> I ran home like a little girl to my Casper mattress so I could get a good night's sleep. About four o'clock in the morning, I finally laid down in my bed and went, ha. Ah. Was, uh, was, was Rafi on board with that? Or did you just... No, I left him. Oh, did you? I left him, yeah. yeah. He got oh. up the next morning and he looked and he was like, Dad, where's Dad? Tent still up. Where'd my dad go? <laughs> <laughs> he left at four o'clock in the morning. He actually said, 
My dad does a lot of things well. Camping is not one of them. <laughs> anyway, uh, get your Casper mattress right now. Use promo code BECK. Get $50 off the purchase of your mattress. The best night's sleep you've had. You're looking for a new mattress. It's a Casper mattress. Casper.com. Offer code BECK. Terms and conditions do apply. Casper.com. Offer code BECK. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Welcome to the program. Pat and I were out last night. Um, uh, we uh, did a special presentation on the uh, Constitution and the First Amendment, and I decided, of course, to go a different direction. Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah, I did. Stunning oh. surprise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stunning surprise. Stunning surprise. Pat gets there, and he looks at me and said, eh, it's not going to go. This is not going to go. <laughs> what we planned, was it? You, know. you got Glennapalooza planned here. I mean, I, I got, he got there. <laughs> so. I got there half an hour Early and he was there for a half an hour already, so you were there an hour early. Yeah. So he could do two separate chalkboards and I needed four. La- <laughs> Only had two. Four. <laughs> and he also laid out uh thirty eight hundred books. Uh, about that. Yeah. yeah. So it was But it was all it was an hour? I did it in an hour. Hour and ten. Was it an hour ten? Mm-hmm. Did you get the, um, did you get a shot at all? Yeah, I got about a half an hour. Yeah. Oh. It was plenty of time. It was good. We had 90 minutes. I went 10 minutes over. Yeah. Um, but uh, nobody ever thought I could get all of it done, and I got all of it done. And it was, it was, um, uh, there's a lot to, lot to learn uh, that, I'm, that I'm learning now. And this new thing that we've kind of stumbled onto is really good. Yeah. Really good and really important. And I, I, yeah. uh, we'd never considered it before. No. I, I learned some things about the Declaration of Independence that I think is really, really really important and how tight it is to the constitution. constitution and i'll i'll um maybe we'll line that out uh, later this week uh, good because it's 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 quite good uh and what we all need to know if we're going to go in and uh stand for the constitution we we need to learn a few things um because and it's not just the oh you know what article five no 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 it's the spirit of it and it is why it is so under attack by the left and by progressives or even those people who wanted to continue slavery. Um, you, you know, I could lay out a, a pretty good historical case on why we are damaging, in particular, the Declaration of Independence and the role that it plays currently to the Constitution that I bet a lot of federal judges don't even know. Back in a minute. This is... The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. China fires its first warning shot. Warns that iPhone sales... U.S. auto sales and so much more are going to be um, cut off or at least suffer a severe setback 
including U.S. soybean and corn imports, imports being halted. Boeing orders are going to be replaced by Airbus orders. This according to the Chinese Communist Party. If Donald Trump goes through with his tariff deal, they say China is going to go for tit for tat. Well, the good news is that we don't have a typical Republican in office. We have somebody who's draining the swamp, and he has appointed his right-hand man as the key to the draining of the swamp. The head of the GOP, Reince Priebus. We begin there right now. Entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the program. Glad that you are here. So I have a theory on this, because why would you put as your chief of staff, Reince Priebus, if you wanted to drain the swamp and you wanted to get away from the GOP, you make the head of the GOP your chief of staff? I don't believe he wanted that. I believe he is using Reince Priebus, and Reince Priebus believes he's using Donald Trump. And uh, who's going to win? Hmm. I think Donald Trump is going to win. I think who he really wanted as his chief of staff was who he made a partner to Priebus, made him his uh, chief strategist. Senior advisor, yeah. Senior advisor, chief strategist, and called them equals. Mm -hmm. Steve Bannon from Breitbart. Steve Bannon is more dangerous than uh, Van Jones was in the White House. And boy, far. does he love you. <laughs> oh, he does. They both do, actually. Reince loves you. Reince, I think yeah. you threw out of your office. And no, uh, Steve have. Bannon has, has sworn to destroy you. So yeah, yes. it's going to go well. I, I think that's uh, good. Those uh, do better with Republicans. Uh, I'm glad <laughs> I'm not you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I was thinking about that, Pat and Jeffy, how we've continually disagreed with Glenn. This no, we didn't. Pushing us down this weird road of being anti-Trump, which I never weird. wanted anything to do with. I don't. What a sellout! Uh, <laughs> all that. What a sellout! <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, that's, it's an interesting thing because uh, you know everyone was talking about that, and and people are saying it's a like a good thing. Now, first of all, Reince Priebus is literally the most establishment figure you could possibly put into that role. Oh, yeah. Yep. I mean, I, I, and everyone was talking about him as anti-establishment. And one of the things we've said, uh, of many of Donald Trump, was that he was not an anti-establishment figure. He was a, an establishment figure. Um, and he had lots of ties to those worlds. And I think that has aged pretty well. I mean, Reince Priebus, even, even as he was nominated, it would be shocking, I think, to most Trump supporters that he would put Reince Priebus into that. No. No, just like John Roberts. He has a long-term strategy. He is only, yeah. he's setting us up. He's only using Reince Priebus. Uh, I have a theory on, on the Bannon thing, though. I think Bannon wanted this exact thing. I think he wanted 
the chief oh, yeah. strategist and senior advisor. It's not an account. Yes. There's no accountability no to that accountability. role. No. You're out of the system. Let, let me oh, give you yes. this. Let me give you this uh, case for a second. Uh, Dennis McDonough. You're familiar with Dennis McDonough? No. No. What about Pete Rouse? No. Mm. What about Bill Daly? Mm. Yes. Kind of right because he was kind of a. Yeah, yes. Uh, how about uh, Joshua Bolton? Mm, I've heard the name. Okay. All, all these people were chief of staff of the White House. Okay. Andy Card was the big one. Remember him? No. Rahm Emanuel early on. It was Joshua Bolton at the end of the Bush. Then you've got Pete Rouse, Bill Daly, Jack Lew for a short time before the Treasury. And then Dennis McDonough for the last three years has been chief of staff. (laughs) Really? Let me give you a couple of senior advisors for a while. Carl Rove and Valerie Jarrett. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which ones had more influence? Was Andy Card or Carl Rove the guy of the Bush White House? Was it Valerie Jarrett or Dennis right. McDonough? Right. Right? I mean, that the role and of senior advisor is a big picture yeah. role. And you can also put whoever you want in that role, and it doesn't have to answer to anyone, mm-hmm. i.e. Congress yep. or anyone. Um, and that's exactly what... Uh, except Trump, maybe. Yeah, Trump, Trump, for sure. Yeah, Trump, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Richard Spencer, the guy who's the head of the alt-right thought, that, mm-hmm. that Breitbart identified as head of alt-right th- uh, thought, writes this. Strategist is the best possible position for Steve Bannon in the Trump White House. Bannon will answer directly to Trump and focus on the big picture, not get lost in the weeds. Bannon is not chief of staff, which requires a golden retriever personality. He'll be freed up to chart uh, Trump's macro trajectory. It's true. Right? I mean, this is the perfect role for this guy. He doesn't have to get bogged down in dealing with the press or any of the nonsense that you have to do with chief of staff. He can be invisible. He can be invisible. He can do his thing. And which is, by the way, kind of what he did with the campaign. He was not out talking to the press a lot. He was just doing things behind the scenes and helping yep. with messaging and things like that. It's actually a really good role. Again, if you like that ideology, it's a perfect place for him. You know, if people really want to, in the press, uh, would like to call uh, Donald Trump a racist, you might want to stop on that one and just spend a little time on Bannon. Because Bannon has a clear tie to white nationalists. Clear tie. You, well, yeah, he said his is was for the yeah, the alt right. Yeah, he's built Breitbart as a platform for the alt right. He is on record saying that he's on record uh, defining the alt right. He knows what it is. Um, he is a guy who has uh, he wants to tear this system down and replace it with a new system. He is he is a frightening. No, no, no. He is a terrifying man. <laughs> terrifying man. And it, it speaks volumes. Again, it, you know, he's going to have the best advisors around him. Well, you tell me why you think Steve Bannon is the best advisor to have. I mean, I, and that, look. And that, they'll say, well, he got him here. That's yeah. what they'll say. And that's, I mean. And he did help him more. win. Give me some more. Give me, give, give me more with what you know about him. Tell me, with his ties and his love for the alt-right, tell me. I mean, I just hope he, you know, doesn't do those things in office. It's the same thing I'm doing with Donald Trump, right? I mean, I yep. think his record is terrible, and I think the things he's going to do are not going to be positive. You can make the case that Donald Trump it doesn't really care about a lot of stuff. Yeah. You cannot make that case with Steve Bannon. No, no, he definitely does. And, but, like, it depends on what he pushes, right? I mean, like, you know, they've done some – some of the things they've talked about have been positive. 
I think. You're trying to make sure that you're not audited or the... Oh, I'm going to be audited no matter what. Or the NSA finds something (laughs) on your computer all of a sudden. No, I mean, that's... What's this? Stu's giving people acid baths in in big 55-gallon drums. Yes. Here's the picture of it. I fully expect that. But I'm trying to honor that pledge that we all made here, which is to say... Unless it violates our principles, Steve Bannon, I'm not taking it out on Trump. I am now warning you as, I mean, that's my job. Right. Warning, Steve Bannon is an incredibly dangerous man. And unlike John Holdren, who we had problems with, the science czar, John Holdren, who had come out and said, you know, hey, we're going to, maybe we should sterilize the drinking water in a book in 1972, who could get away with saying it was 1972. Uh, This guy is on record, oh, I don't know, today. This guy has not changed. This is a very dangerous man. But the problem is how it manifests into the presidency, right? And if it does turn into things where they're trying to, I mean, look, some of the early policy proposals and things that they want to do are positive, I think. Um, Some of the signs are good. Some of them are not so good. I mean, you know, the, no one's talking about the, the, the student loan program that, that Trump proposed the other day. I mean, but think about this. We, we went through this with, with Barack Obama, where he reworked the entire student loan Remember? framework. It was a gigantic issue for months. For two reasons. A, it guarantees the collapse of the student loan. It makes us have to bail out the, the schools, the universities, because they will have all of that debt that everyone will default on. And it was a, for, so one, you're now on the hook for everybody's debt. I didn't take those loans out. Why am I going to have to pay for those loans? Two, it incentivizes the universities to raise their prices. Because if they know the federal government is going to pay it, and you, it doesn't matter what you do, why not raise the price? Right? Those were the two excuses that we said, we, you, can't, you can't do this. For these two reasons, here's the latest. This is from, uh, now they're saying this, I think, as a positive in the Washington Post. Donald Trump is promising the most liberal student loan repayment plan since the inception of the federal financial aid program. Now, Barack Obama just reworked this. A few years ago. And it's about to collapse. And they're saying it's the most liberal student loan repayment plan since the inception of the federal aid program. And it's talking about how you would only have to pay a certain percentage of your income. And then the government covers, I guess, what's after that. Um, Which, if you think about what that's going to incentivize, of course, if you're a college, there's no need to control your costs because everyone can go for the same cost. Now, that's not to the government. The government still has to pay the huge difference. But if you're car charging $20,000 a year now, why not make it 50? Because you, they, the person who goes can only pay up to, I think it's 12.5% of their salary in loans. So you're maximizing the cost to the individual. Uh, but Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Your house burns down in a fire and you have insurance. And you're, you, you only have to pay uh, 12%. For insurance, that's the maximum you could ever pay, and it burns down, and somebody has to pay for that house. Now, do you think if the federal government, not the insurance company, but the federal government is the one writing the check through the insurance company, 
and the insurance company is going to a contractor and saying how much to build the house, do you think the contractor is going to pad the value of that house? Do you think they're going to add things onto that house that they would never do if you were buying it directly from them and saying, dude, I, 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 you can't charge me this much money. I, I don't have that kind of money. I, I need you to keep the cost down. Or do you think they will inflate their prices because the insurance company is paying for it and the insurance company doesn't care because the insurance company will be bailed out by the federal government. So it doesn't matter to anyone. When that, your house burns down, most likely you like, you'll say, I'm going to get a sweet house. I'm going to get the house of my dreams. And you're fine with it. That's what's happening with our education. The federal government is going to bail everyone out. You'll say, I don't care how much it is. Oh, it's, it's half a million dollars for four years? Oh, that's no big deal. I don't care. I'm only paying 12% of it anyway. And you don't think that those people at the university will say, you know what, we've wanted a new lab, we've wanted this. Raise everybody's tuition because they don't care. What are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing? So, I mean, that's not, you know, not a positive sign to me. Um, so, but there's some other things like, you know, global warming. They put a good, Myron Bell is a good, is a really skeptical guy about the climate. He's not yeah, a guy who great. wants to spend money. That's a really good, yep. again, horrible for liberals. But a great one in the type of appointment that a normal Republican probably doesn't make. You're right. Like I, I, to give him credit on that, like most, I think Mitt most, Romney wouldn't have done that. Mitt Romney would not have done that. Would um, not have done it. He would have put someone who is probably fair, you know, like uh, somewhat conservative on climate. And maybe, I don't think maybe they, not. But, but maybe, I, not. Maybe, maybe not. not. Maybe not. But I think with this, yeah. I mean, you're putting a real a guy who's been the face of the skeptics for a long time as far as policy goes in that right. role. He's just saying F you. And, I, and, you know, that's certainly what I like about him uh, in that particular uh, area. I think he's good. that's a good appointment. And that's something he deserves credit for. But he also just did that kind of to us with this student loan plan. Right. Yeah. And that's because why you're going to see a mixed bag here, aren't student you? Student loan yeah, plan. Yeah, well, you know what? Crazy, if I can get to 70%. Crazy liberal. If I can get to 70%. Yeah, well, I'm thrilled. It's not evil. My problem is with the, uh, with the addition of Bannon... You've got a guy who is very dangerous to the republic. Very dangerous. Right, right next to the president. Right next to the president. You think it was Donald Trump who said, let me call Alex Jones? If that call indeed happened, you can't trust Alex Jones to, you know, you don't know if that call happened. But Alex Jones said, the president called him and said, hey, I've been talking to prime ministers and kings and queens and everybody from around the world. But I had to stop and call you to thank your audience. And I'm going to be on with you in a couple of weeks. I have no response for my reach out um, to no, and I'm not. And I'm not expre- I'm not expecting it. It would be uh, it would be completely shocking if he did. Has your tablet turned on by itself? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh yes. Thank you. And now this: the company you define, uh, the the company you keep defines your company. Who do you have working for your company? You have to find and hire the right candidates. And that's why we use ZipRecruiter.com. At ZipRecruiter.com, you can find the candidates in any city, any industry, nationwide. You post once and you watch the qualified candidates roll in. You can check them already from, you know, just in a regular job search. But once you use ZipRecruiter um, and you post yourself, then it separates all the people who are responding directly to your ad. So you can choose from 6 million people. I mean, it's crazy the amount of 
uh, resumes that are in the system. But then with one single click, you post once and it goes to 100 different job sites. And then that comes into your, your dashboard, if you will, and you're able to read them, rank them, and hire the right person fast. It's ZipRecruiter. Try it for free right now. Over a million businesses, including mine, use ZipRecruiter to find the right people. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. Try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. Glenn Beck program. 888-727-BECK. Mercury. heard that Donald Trump has said that he's going to spend three days a week in New York away from the White House? That can't be. You can't secure the Trump Tower. How? It's in the middle of Manhattan. It, I, I don't know how it's you... It's a big glass building in yeah. the middle of Manhattan. Yeah, I don't know how they do that. On Fifth Avenue. I mean... First of all, it would shut down New York. It would shut down Fifth Avenue, at least that block of Fifth Avenue. Look what happened every time Obama came to to. Oh, it was a nightmare. Oh, my gosh. It was a nightmare. It was horrific. The expense, I mean, seriously, in less than one day, he would would, uh, spend all the money he's saving on his salary. (laughs) It would be like an hour of security. Yeah. Yeah. $400,000. To to get the president in and out of New York, I mean, first of all, underneath the Waldorf Astoria, they still, it's my understanding, they still have the dual train engines waiting for him. So under the Waldorf Astoria, which is where uh, President Roosevelt selected, um, there is a train station. It's right, it's right on the way to Grand Central Station. And you have two engines, two full train engines, locomotives, and every 45 minutes, one is powered down as the other one powers up. So you have to, you have to because so they don't overheat, you have to have two of them Every 45 minutes switching uh, which, one is, which one's running. And it has to run all the time. And it is a special track just for the president. In case there's a problem, you get him to the Waldorf Astoria, you get him down to the train tracks, and he's thrown on one of those trains and it takes off. And that's just one of the escape routes for the president. Right. I mean, the, the, the cost of securing the president in New York City is astounding. And, you know, here's the other thing. Donald Trump has got to be loving this. When he bought Mar-a-Lago, he didn't like the fact that planes were flying over Mar-a-Lago. And so he, he told the airport he wanted the flight pattern changed. And they all said, who do you think you are? It's been an ongoing lawsuit. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> they weren't ever going to change it. And they were really angry at him that he would have the balls to say that. Now he can say, I'm the president of the United States. You're changing the flight plan. Yeah. Well, I think Secret Service will do that. They have to. Yeah. Already, yeah, I'm sure it's already done. Secret Service will do that. Yeah, it's yeah. already done. So, so now done. he's got his land value back. This uh, is the only reason he ran for president. <laughs> oh, I mean, think of, think of, the, think of the rental property, the, the rentals after he's president. Think of how much Trump Tower is worth now. Ah, it doesn't a location. Matter. He said it it's is. The form, it used to be the, uh, the New York White House during the Trump administration. He said uh, on the 60-minute interview Which last is. night that occupancy rates doesn't matter to him, any of that. 
Doesn't matter to him. Oh, I'll keep or it about to the country. I would move out of Trump Tower now if he was going to live there because of just the hassle. Yeah. Even right. if I was the biggest fan in the world, oh my gosh, I'm not having my building shut down over and over and over again because of Secret Service. That's going to be a hassle yeah. for all of those people that paid a lot of money to live in Trump Tower. Back in a minute. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. So um, here we are. Uh, welcome to the program. I, I, there's a story I can't. There here it is. Um, uh, Andrew Herzog says that um, The Walking Dead has officially jumped the shark. Well, is he talking about the first episode? Because he's right about that. That was out of control. That was out of control. Oh, that was ugly. And but uh, now Jeffy's telling me last last night's was well, was out of control as well. I mean, it was. Last night was was way out of control. And I mean, what, as much or more than the first one? Wait, so the uh, apocalyptic vi- uh, zombie series was a little too mm-hmm. violent for your tastes? Well, no. seriously. Oh, no, Stu. I mean, Stu, it, it, it got to the point. So I stopped ridiculous. watching it. First of all. It's gotten ridiculous. Yeah, it's like crazy. It's man's hum- inhumanity to man now. We're definitely at that now. Yeah, I, mean, I don't so, know. So is this worse than the opening episode? Um, well, violence-wise, wow. no. Okay. Inhumanity, um, yeah. But I mean, it's, this um, Negan thing is ug- ugly. Yeah, and and our love ugly. of Rick. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I haven't I haven't recorded my Talking Walking Dead podcast yet. You'll be able to hear that later this afternoon. I don't ruin it for Blaze people. Radio, but uh, this whole the Rick that we love uh-huh. uh, needs to come back because the the Rick that Negan has developed. Uh-huh. Not good. Is, is bad. Is bad. Bad. <laughs> hey, there's not much you can give away, obviously. Mm. Apparently, I, I can. Did you I mean, see? I'm just surprised. You don't that, want to. Uh, like I, I can understand on this show. I can understand not liking a certain amount of violence in in your in your show. Yeah. I get that, but I'm surprised that that's some line for you guys. I mean, this is a this is a series. No, because it was it was different. It was different because there were zombies. So it Walkers. wasn't. It was. It was almost like it wasn't real. Mm-hmm. And uh, it wasn't real. Yeah, I mean, but it wasn't. It, you know, and and it, it wasn't inhumane. They were just killing them quickly. They weren't torturing or playing games with them or anything like that. They were just killing them. Um, That's yeah, not this all of them. Definitely changed. Really um, yeah, and now it's man's inhumanity to man. So it's it's different. And I I don't like that. I don't watch. I don't like watching. Mm-hmm. You know, men do things to other people for sport for entertainment. I just don't like it. It bothers me. Did you did you see? Line. Did anybody see the? Um, the arrival this weekend. I did. I did. No. And what'd you think? Well, that was good. You know, I thought it was good. I Ooh. I did not see it in this. Uh, it's in the mid nineties <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes, which uh, I did not see it as that. I think it's the best alien movie. The best, the most tense alien movie I have seen in a long time. Without it being, you know, something's falling from the ceiling and 
You know what I mean? Without it being alien. You say it was the most tense movie uh, that really... Not I thought lot. it was a great sci-fi movie, one I haven't seen like it ever before, and I really loved it. Yeah. The ending, it's just very cerebral. You, It's one that you'll walk out of going, okay, I think I get it. I'm not sure if I get it. I, that's kind of how I... Like, I, you know, they're supposedly... They keep promoting it as a big... Having a big twist ending. Oh, stop I, it. I, I didn't think it... Did really, and then like because you were walking in thinking it's going to have a twist. Well, yeah, that always ruins it. Yeah, that again, it. why I always talk about spoiler alerts and why I will be very careful here as I speak about this because it does ruin your experience if you go in there you're expecting something and then it comes and it's not a big deal. And that might have been what happened with me in the movie. I didn't think it was that great to be perfectly honest. That it was well done. Uh, it was interesting. I, I, it was one of those movies I was like, wow, I'm going to figure out something big coming up soon. Where is it? Where is it? And then oh, okay, I'll, I'll see you later. Like it was, it was just like kind of a letdown, I felt like. Yeah, um, but I, it was I well done. It was, yeah, it was well done. really well done. Yeah. Really well done. She's great. Man. Mini spoiler here. Turn on the radio. Just oh, a mini spoiler. Come mini on, spoiler. Why can't you get oh, No, no, no. It's not going to wreck. It's won't wreck it for you. Don't. Why? Turn the radio down. Turn your headphones Turn the radio down. with you? She's full of feet. Go ahead. Don't do it. Why are you not? Oh, Stop you it. guys are weak and It's pathetic. not going to ruin anything. Pathetic. I mean, I, I wouldn't, knowing, you know, this is in retrospect, but knowing what I know about the movie, I don't know that I would go to it. Like, I, I don't think it, oh, I would. it's certainly not worth a second viewing for me, but like, I, I don't think oh, I would. I'd like to see it. Oh, so Glenn, give us the spoiler. Oh, my gosh. No, I'm not going to. It's not a spoiler. Not it's not a spoiler. It's really not a spoiler. You wouldn't understand it until after it happened anyway. But I'm not going to give it. I'm good. not going to give it's it. good. I think. Um, okay, so... Um, Anybody see anybody see the Mel Gibson movie? Rex Reed just said it's the best war movie since uh, Saving Private Ryan. Spoiler I, alert, it's a war movie? Oh, I 100% on. agree. What did People Magazine like to give it? I, th- I think that is just an, an outrageously great show. Or a, a movie. movie. Best, best war movie I've seen. Hmm. Wow. Really, There's really. There's been some good ones. Is it better than like 13 Hours and, yes. and uh, yes. American Sniper? Yes. Really? Yes. It's yeah. really good. Really good. Because um, I thought American Sniper was tremendous. And 13 it is. Hours. Both of those. They were both good. are very, very good. And, it, and you like one, this better? Yeah, I do. I like this better because um, I, I've I've just never seen a war movie like this. So it, it's I've a, never seen one like it's, this. It's, never seen the heroism. I mean, American Sniper, you know, you're looking at a hero and, you know, um, you know, uh, the lone survivor, you're looking at a hero. Not like this. Nothing like this. I've never seen a hero movie like this before. And this is true. And they replicate the 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 horrors of war uh, really Like well. you won't believe. And it's really, really good. But you don't want to watch The Walking Dead because it's too violent? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, it's like okay, so, so uh, for instance, I have no problem watching Schindler's List once. I don't need to see that for entertainment. I wanted to see that for history's sake, but I don't need to see that for entertainment. So I don't want to watch a movie about Mangala. Let's say, hey, let's watch a show about Mangala and, 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 and how creepy and icky he was. No, no, thank you. Uh-uh. <laughs> Not for entertainment purposes, no. Nobody else has that line, just me? Well, but I, I, I think the line is... is sensible that you don't want to watch uh, hardcore violence until yeah. I mean if that's your thing that's your thing I no, totally it's not even hardcore violence it's really not hardcore violence like for instance I took Rafe to uh, to uh, Hacksaw Ridge 
I saw it in advance. There's no swear words in it. It's a great message. The only thing, there's no sex, there's no swear words, there's nothing. The only thing in this movie is violence. But it is real violence. It's not gratuitous. It's a real depiction of war. And my son sat in the seat next to me and, you know, he'll watch anything and he's like Jeffy. He's just dead inside when it comes to, you know, playing video games and zombie stuff. The Walking Dead, not the man's in humanity demand, but some of the Walking Dead wouldn't phase him. Um, this phased him. And I was glad to see it. And he was like, I mean, he, he reeled back a couple of times like, whoa, 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 dad. I'm like, yeah. That's what war is Intense. like. Intense. And so you, he so said, you, this, is, this is what it's like. I'm like, yep, that's what war is like. It takes all the fun and games out of war. Which is positive. Very positive. realize that. Very positive. So you're just saying you like, you like when it's real and not when it's, when it's fake. For example, not like... that I want to watch snuff films, no. <laughs> well, I mean, I, like, to me, I would have almost, I think, the opposite line. Like if if it's just a you know it's it's a like I've, I'll watch a horror movies I'll watch a, you know a, well that's what I that's what I looked at for like for instance uh, The Walking Dead but it wasn't hacksawing people just regular people it was hacksawing the zombies and so I didn't have so much of a problem because it's really inhumane mm-hmm. and they were attempting <laughs> not to figure human. out how to survive they're not human and- like I can watch an alien I don't know it's a weird line. I can yeah. watch an alien movie, and you can blow all the aliens up, and that's fine. Once you cross over into people, and yeah. they're just regular people, no, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. Unless it's, it really happened. Right. Or, unless those people or, actually went through those real things, or, then you want to see it. Or unless it's like Westworld, which I am thoroughly enjoying. Oh, I gave up on it. It's boring. It's just, it's just, I, it's I watched the first two, boring. and I'm, I'm almost oh, with you. Oh, I don't. After think the so after the second episode, I'm almost with you. Yeah, I don't think it's See, that's why. Maybe that's I'm, why I'm I like it because it. it is because it because it, it there's so much going on and you want at least for me I want to know what the heck is happening with the park. What is this? Is like it's it's like Jurassic Park on steroids, except the people are the fakes. And you can go there and you can vacation and you can be whatever you want. I love the idea of it. Oh, it's f- fantastic. And you can be a good guy. You can be a bad guy. You can be whatever you want. And you can do whatever you want because the people can't kill you, but you can kill them. And so some, some people go with their families and they have a nice little outing in the old Wild West and blah, blah, blah. But the farther you get away from the town, the more violent and risky it becomes. And they can't kill you, but you can kill them. And uh, and it's pretty amazing because there's because Anthony Hopkins plays this role that is just really good. The concept is a really interesting one. I just the execution to me has been I like it. I don't know, dull. Hmm. I mean, that's you know my own personal opinion, but. There's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff out there to watch. I mean, I, you can lose yourself in the in the world of entertainment, which I've had to do many times over the past year and a half or so. Me too. I've watched more television. I didn't watch television up until last year. I had I had no connection to television at all until last year. Now I'm like I can't turn it off, as I don't want to see the real world anymore. I'm watching. I'm watching The Crown. Have you heard of The Crown? No. It's up on Netflix. It's from you. Up on up on Netflix. Yeah. Really good. Matt Smith is in it. It's really good. It is if you liked um, uh, what's that show? Uh, the you know Downton Abbey. 
It's Downton Abbey on steroids. Uh, it's the true story of Queen, Queen Elizabeth and starts when she's, you know, 20 or something and she takes over uh, and, and her father. And it's bizarre. In the first episode, and I, I imagine this is all true um, because it's, it's all geared towards events of the world. So you're, you're, it seems as though you're watching the true story. Her father died of lung cancer. Nobody told him or the family that he had lung cancer. It was like they came in and they did the surgery in Buckingham Palace, just over one of those big oriental rugs. They just put down a platform and wheeled in and they took out a lung. Um, and they said to him that he needed a, like a lung realignment. And so they needed to remove his lung for a lung realignment because he was coughing up blood. So they take it out, and the doctors say, you're good. Well, he keeps coughing blood, and he's like to the doctor, you know, when's this going to stop? They don't even tell him that, okay, you got cancer, until he's got like two months left. They're like, okay, I tell you the truth, a lung realignment thing. You didn't tell me? <laughs> no, sir, we thought it would be bad for the monarchy if you were to know because there were things that you had to do. So you just didn't tell me. Who in the family knows? Nobody in the family knows. What? The life these guys live wow. is absolutely insane. And that's a real thing? They really did that to him? I guess. I don't know. I looked it up. I couldn't find it anywhere. I know that's the way he died. Yeah. And I know that he had... Uh, and, you know, they put dates on everything. You know, they, they, they say when it was happening. Mm. Oh, so if there's a date on the screen, that's true. Right? <laughs> right? We learned that from Oliver Stone. And now this from Goldline. Uh, I want to talk to you at the top of next hour. I hope to be able to uh, talk to you a little bit about um, what's happening with the stock market with somebody who actually knows. Uh, the stock market is still going up and going through the roof. That is, I'm sorry, but that's not good um, because it is, it's, it's not real. None of this is real. What is causing the stock market to go up right now? The new president? Maybe, yeah. I mean, you know, he's talking about cutting regulations and lowering taxes uh-huh. as part of his plan. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh-huh. that could be, part, so could be part of it. That's good. We don't know what he's actually going to do. And the stock market is going through the roof and setting all-time highs. Meanwhile, the total number of homes with foreclosure filings jumped 27%. October from December. Let me say that again. Total numbers of homes with foreclosure filings jumped up 27%. The biggest jump, jump in monthly foreclosing, uh, foreclosure uh, filings since August of 2007, right before the big crash. Cars are being repossessed at a record rate. Houses are going into foreclosure at a record rate. And the stock market is going up. Please prepare for impact. Call Goldline now, 866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Do it now. Glenn Beck. Mercury. Seven two seven back. 
This is the Glenn Beck Program. Just looking at the uh, pictures of the uh, train depot underneath um, uh, Waldorf Astoria. Apparently, a lot of cobwebs. They don't a lot do of cobwebs. <laughs> Apparently, they don't do that anymore, which is good news. I can't imagine what that cost, um, but uh, it shows the empty train tracks uh, and one of the cars that is uh, still sitting there. Um, well, that's a since, good thing. You know, this was built for FDR for because he didn't want to show his disability. And it was back in the day when the Waldorf Astoria was somebody. The Waldorf Astoria is the is the place that um, is still the place that the president goes to stay. Now that'll change with Trump Tower, but yeah. the, the really? Barack Obama, yeah, there. Obama equipped. stayed at the Waldorf Astoria. Yeah, is he really? Yeah, he's Waldorf like, Astoria. Went, so does oh. George. So did George Bush. So did Bill Clinton. Somebody went, needs to. It, uh, it was the one built at the time to a nice hotel. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. The, the Waldorf is so horrible. I will say oh, that we you know better than that. You know the Waldorf is not. It's a Hilton. It once was. Yeah. No, it's a Hilton. It's a Hilton hotel now. But the Waldorf has other sections of it. It's a very large hotel. Yeah, I was surprised when we one of our uh, more recent business trips we went up there. And, you know, a lot of times we'll you didn't just stay in the special section, Pat. No. So we'll go up there and they'll be like, we usually will all like book maybe, you know, potentially in the same hotel or, or someone will book them for us. It was a last minute trip that we had to take. So I just went on like orbits or something and just tried to book a hotel. And the Waldorf Astoria popped up as like one of the cheapest ones. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. I it's guess that's huge. why. Yeah. It's got tons of empty rooms because it's huge. Did you want to stay bigger. in there, Stu? And did you wind up staying? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Was the room was extraordinary? Good? Like, wow, the Waldorf oh, no. Astoria. No, it's, it's nice. It was, no, but it's not. Yeah. No, it's it's it's, it's okay. nice, but it's, it's an old hotel. hotel. Yeah. It's a yeah. Hilton, Hilton hotel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the oh, you can't stay at like Hilton. You can't, like you oh. can't have the president stay at a Hilton. Well, Ooh. you can't. I mean, they don't. You know, let's yes, be real about it. We should. They don't. We should. They don't. So what has the left learned from this last election? I would say not a lot yet. However, there are two very different points of view on who they should run in 2020. Which one do you think will bolster the votes? Anthony Weiner or Oprah Winfrey? Two different voices speak out for the Republican and the progressive, I'm sorry, the Democratic and progressive arm of the Democratic Party. We begin there right now. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program.
I can't believe we are five weeks away from Christmas already. I was I was in bed last night with my wife, and she's like, "Honey, we have to make this decision now." And I'm like, "Honey, Thanksgiving is still what two, three weeks away." She's like, "It's next week." What? We're five weeks away from Christmas. I know. What happened? I don't know. My wife is still upset because people in the neighborhood have Christmas lights up already. And you don't? We don't. We don't have any We're about Christmas to. Stuff up. Christmas. We're yeah. about to. We're decorating our house this week. Yeah. I mean, she's. First two. I mean, we. I don't never, know if we'll turn them on until after we've Thanksgiving. Never, we've never done it before Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. It was just, always after Thanksgiving. I need it, man. I need it. Me too. I need it. Me too. I'm there. Yeah. It's time. We need a little Christmas yes. right this very minute. And I don't know the rest of the song, so I won't. But we have to have a lot of little Christmas or something like that. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's, yeah, and, that's uh, very close. That's very it close. is. I, I, <laughs> I went out camping uh, with my son on Friday. Did you? Yeah. And, and shockingly, your son as well. Huh. But uh, you weren't there no, I don't do for that. some reason. I couldn't make it. I, I've worked. You have work, work. I work here at the network. No, I'm your boss. No, you, you didn't I have do. to work on Friday night. You didn't have to. Here. So I went. Uh, it was the longest night of my life, I contend. Um, I went, uh, got there about 5.30 with my son. It was at the Texas Speedway. How long? How, it's a campery. I mean, come on. Okay. That's not, t- that's not roughing it. No. No, really? Really. So we're in Texas, mm-hmm. the largest state <coughs> next to Alaska. Right. It, largest in the 48 contiguous. Right. I mean, it is, right? I mean, we're, we're, we're 10 times the size of most countries. We've got wilderness. We have it here. Mm-hmm. We're outdoorsmen. Yes. Right? We're tough. We're, I'm not, but that's the, that's the MO on Texas. So here's where we here's where we end up. So we go and we pack all of our gear and uh, we pull up to the 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 speedway, <laughs> the NASCAR speedway, and we're in the parking lot outside of the speedway, in between the speedway and the interstate. So in between, so you're you're between the speedway and I thirty five and I thirty five. And I said to my son, I said, wow, that's you know what? Let's, let's go see if we can find any animals. Oh, there's a beaver across the street. It's Bucky's. Let's go. So convenience store. The, the, the convenience store, um, which is not a convenience store. It is a city. Yes, it's yeah. awesome. If, if, if awesome. you don't have a Bucky's around you, people wouldn't know what to do. You're from New York and you go to a Bucky's. They wouldn't know what to think. It's like a Walmart sized convenience store. It's, un- it's unbelievable. And another thing, this, the Texas Motor Speedway is in the Metroplex. It's yes. still in part of this massive city. No, on the other side of the Bucky's is the airport. Yeah. So you're having... All right, so wow. it's that outdoorsy. <laughs> it's that outdoorsy. Why did, why did they pick that? Do you have any guess? There's I would imagine space? because... Yeah, I would imagine. It was 6,000 The Camporee... Six six thousand yeah. Boy Scouts. It is six thousand. I will say it again. We have wilderness. No, we don't have enough. You know what? Here, I guarantee areas for that. Man. I guarantee so you. We do we no, do not? No, no, no. I guarantee you. You cannot have six thousand. I get Pat. 
Pat. We've had jamborees in Montana. Pat. Are you telling me Montana has better facilities this than Texas? This is a campery. Well, we've had that. A jamboree. A jamboree and a campery are essentially. I can guarantee you. They're both are E's. I can guarantee you this is because of the laws having to make sure that you have access to everything. Oh, I bet. You have yeah. the right number of porta potties, right. and it's just too expensive to go out and really do it. So you had bathrooms, what, at the motor speedway? Yeah, and, and also porta potties oh, everywhere, everywhere. We also so. had real. Wow. Yeah, okay, so it's at the motor speedway. So we're sleep. I'm pitching a tent on gravel. Right. And I'm, Come on. And to make it worse, I had, I had scheduled... Uh, Not a, even on grass. At least right. they could have put you on the infield. So I, so I, so I scheduled uh. an interview. I had an interview scheduled for CNN. So I have to do this interview. And so they bring this satellite truck. CNN sends this satellite truck. And so it pulls up next to the tents. And it's got all the light. I mean, it's like, it's like a city now. <laughs> And the cameras are there and everything else. This gigantic satellite on this gigantic semi. And uh, so all the Boy knew, Scouts are coming over. Nobody knew like, you were there. Nobody knew I was there. And so all the Boy Scouts are coming around because it was there for four hours. Um, and they said, uh, "What? what's with the... And I said, we I have HBO. Know. We have Showtime. <laughs> we're not roughing it here. What do you guys have? Is this, we, got, we, have we have every channel known to man at our campsite. <laughs> It was nuts. And, and so then we're, I bet they we're, were mad. Then we're making <clears throat> dinner. And the boys have to come up with what to have for dinner. Mm-hmm. What kind of Boy Scout troop has pot stickers on a campout? <laughs> I said, what are, we, what, are, what, are you, what are you guys making? And they said, like dumplings? Like those? Yeah, like, yeah. pot stickers. Right. Okay. Pot stickers. <laughs> I, thought- I said, you're. We're having Asian cuisine? <laughs> How do you make those over a campfire? You wrap them in foil, right? Yeah, we didn't, we didn't, have a, we didn't actually have a campfire. We couldn't, you can't oh, have well. a campfire at the Speedway. So you just, you just bring the kitchen appliances. Oh, my gosh. It was like, come on. Wait, so they had an oven or a microwave? Yeah, no, they, they, they the made them in, you know, on a, on a stove. On the gas grills, the Coleman yeah. gas grills. Coleman gas grills. So it was, it was like camping like no other. That's I got up. I finally got up at 4 o'clock in the morning because I couldn't, I just couldn't take it anymore. And I got up at 4 o'clock in the morning and I just, I rolled up my sleeping bag and then I went, no, I'm not even rolling it up. I'm just leaving. My son can pack it. So I left. I left. So is your tent Next, still in the middle oh yeah. of the room? No, he I did love it. that. That is quintessential my, Glenn Beck. Uh, yeah, my, <laughs> quintessential Glenn Beck. My, my son gets up and he calls me and he's like, That's the great. You just left the tent and I said, Damn right. You're a Boy Scout. Roll that baby up and make sure you don't lose any of the pieces. I'll see you at home later. That's what so my you son. didn't even wake Rafi up even, and say you were leaving? No. You just left. No, he was. No. Here, I get here. This, this really hacked me off. I get there, and one of the dads drops his son off and says, I'm just dropping him off. You're what? I'm just dropping him off. You're not staying? At the motor speedway? I'm like, what? Well, no. I mean, I didn't know I had that option. <laughs> then, then, as I... wife didn't let you have that option. I know. Then, as they're, pitching, as they're pitching their tents and I'm pitching mine, one of the camp, the counselors comes over and says, so, uh, Rafey, all the boys are going to be sleeping over there in their tents, and then 
you just stay in yours and everybody can just stay in their tent. The, the, you know, the, the men will stay in their tents. And wasn't the point for the, for the fathers to be with the sons? Right. Right? So I stood around so all night. you're not with the son, why be there? I, I'd be I'm, there. I'm with you on that. Right. I'm with you. Right. So he, I didn't even, I got up. He wasn't even in my tent. He was in, it was in with the other boys in their tent. Definitely with I'm you. I'm like, oh, man. I said to him, we're never camping again. Never. At least at a motor speedway. Interesting. That's also what civilization said about 1900. Right. Right. <laughs> We're never camping again. I mean, when you're camping and you're going to the Bucky's, that's not camping. Well, you made the choice to go to Bucky's. You could make the choice not. We to. could have hiked across the street. I could have put on my big hiking boots and gone across the street to the Bucky's. That's not camping. Here, the worst experience. Next so, to this one, the worst experience of my life was my brother convinced me to go hiking and hike up Mount Baker. Okay, now this is a, this is a mountain up in northwest uh, Washington. So he says, let's hike up Mount Baker. I know this great place that we can camp. So we hike all day. I mean, we start at 6 o'clock in the morning. By the time we make it to camp, it's maybe 9.30 or 10 because it's, it's summertime. And it's taken us all day to get there, and it's pitch dark when we get there and we're pitching the tent in the dark what year is this this is this like is a child 17 years old okay okay and uh uh so we we pitch the tent the next morning i'm awakened by the gentle sound of an rv <laughs> and i open up the tent and there is a freaking parking lot and i look at my brother and i said we hiked all day yesterday so we could get away and we're at a parking lot. He's like, I knew you wouldn't go any place without a bathroom. So we're just hiking up here. I, I couldn't imagine you being quiet without a indoor bathroom. This is the only place. Even then. Even then. So I want to see that you're so you're upset that it that you weren't roughing it enough. No. As a, You're upset as a that you didn't drive, <laughs> drive to the campsite. You were so upset no, if you were going, going camping to, with your son that you had a TV live show. If you're going to be miserable, at least be out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Why be miserable literally 10 minutes from my house? I will say that. All I could think of was I could get in my house. I could be sitting on my couch in total comfort. Within eight minutes. Yeah, that's why if, I, don't, I don't camp. If you have this exact monologue occurs, if the opposite happens, which if you're in the middle yep. of nowhere, you complain about not being close enough yep. to anything. Why well, can't no we question just about go that. right next no door like the Texas Motor Speedway the across the street from Bucky's? issue is camping. Stop it. Let's stop camping. There's no reason for it. We have homes now. <laughs> camping was important when we didn't have homes. Can you imagine? Now you we you have nice places to rest. Imagine, imagine somebody a hundred years ago saying, man, someday people are going to live like this for fun. And everybody would be like, <laughs> crapping you- in the woods? Being cold, sleeping with a rock print in your face the next morning? I don't think so. No, they'll do it for fun, I'm telling you. Oh. Yeah. I mean, you know, they didn't know that we were also going to have pot stickers. (laughs) That may have been the thing that threw it over the edge. 
And, and now this from our uh, sponsor this half hour is Simply Safe. Can you see your home from work when you're on vacation? Can you see it and know that everything is okay? You can now with Simply Safe Home Security. They Simply Safe has just come out with a brand new camera. Uh, the Simply Safe camera is tied right directly with Bluetooth to your alarm system. If your system detects, uh, detects a door opening or glass break um, or, or anything like that, the camera automatically goes on and records what is happening in the house. So that way, it not only calls the police, but it records. And then when the police come, you can show them the uh, video of who did that. Your dogs will never be able to get, a, uh, get away with anything ever again. See everything that happens at your home now with a brand new Simply Safe camera. Check it out now. New cameras from Simply Safe at simplysafebeck.com. That's simplysafebeck.com. Go there now, simplysafebeck.com. You're listening. You're listening to the Glenn Beck program. The Glenn Beck program. Mercury. Here's what Bill Maher said about who should run uh, in 2020 for the Democrats. Listen to this. And also, the Democrats have to stop being so nice. Stop bringing a knife to a gun fight. Yep. You know who the, you know nice. who the Democrats You're should nice. nominate next time? Anthony Weiner. <laughs> 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 Anthony Weiner, because he had balls and he was an asshole. Remember how much we loved Anthony Weiner before the scandal? Because he stood up to them and said, you're full <laughs> And you know what? They're okay with the grabber. I will see you the grabber and raise you a guy who sex teens with a baby by his <laughs> No, Bill, I'm only one half serious about that. But... Wow. He's only half serious about that. Right, I mean, and you I, know he is. You know he's half serious about that. He's not serious about Anthony Weiner specifically, but he's right. he, he wants, wants to an go Anthony Weiner. Right. He, he wants, wants somebody, somebody mean. Yep, he wants somebody mean. We talked about this. The two things I think come out of this is the because uh, that was one of the strategies that was put out to the media that Hillary was going to try to be inclusive of Republicans and say Donald Trump is just not one of you. You should come mm-hmm. with me. Um, secondly, so the other side of that is we should have been more mean. We should have said Donald Trump was uh, just another typical Republican, and we should have been angry and gone after them. That side of their argument on the Democratic side will gain power. The other side is the Sanders side. I mean, you know, people think that, you know, the Bernie Sanders type, the the wing of that party, the socialist wing of that party, will gain strength because of this defeat. They will, I mean, because they will be able to say... Hillary was too much in the middle. Hillary dealt with Wall Street. Hillary, you know, we are going to have a socialist or an actor. An actor. I, I, that's if I'm on the left, that's what I get. For Did me. you hear what Michael Moore I, said going, this weekend? I'm really going to Will Smith, and I'm saying, please do run. Michael Moore said, 
I don't know why the right runs Ronald Reagan and Arnold Schwarzenegger, people that America loves, and we have all the people that America loves, and we don't run them. Why aren't we going after Tom Hanks or Oprah Winfrey? Well, they're going to. I think so, too. I'll bet they're going I to. I think so, too. Well, and part of, 2020. Mm-hmm. part of that is, I think, before Trump, there was this idea that you could say things that would derail your campaign mm-hmm. or would destroy your career or whatever. And I think that that's kind of been true, proven to be untrue. There was also think- the thought that you had to have some sort of experience. You had to know what you're talking about. That's out the window now. You don't have I mean, to have any of that. That's the last it's two not even experience. You don't have to know what you're talking about. Right. So, I mean, right. that, those are. As long as you say, I'm, I'm going to find somebody who does know what they're talking about and I'll have them somewhere near me. Mm. But I don't know what I'm talking about. That's okay. That's okay with the American people. We've seen that now twice. We're not going back to the days of Romney and McCain and, and George Bush and. Al Gore. We're not going back to those days. And some of that's obviously positive. I mean, you say that, and I think a lot of people are like, well, good. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Uh, and I think that's true. It's just a matter of what you go to, mm-hmm. um, which will be interesting. I mean, I, I, like, I don't, you know, there used to be a time where you would say something, and then you would say something that would, that would sort of disagree with that, and there would be a lot of consequence to pay for that. I, I don't none. think that's where we are anymore. And yeah. I, partially, I don't know, this is just a dumb theory, but like, I think a lot of that has to do with, with social media. It's like, we are now such in a such a aggressive uh, conflict culture where everything you, you tweet something. There's always seventy people, and again, like I know this is a smaller scale if you're not in the media, but like there's always people to jump on you to criticize what you said without all the facts. People are constantly saying things that um, disagree with what they said three months ago all the time, and it's all out there. And there's been so much of that. So often this has happened. I mean, now the thing is. All the left-leaning pundits who are saying we need to come together. Do you believe these Trump people will be aggressive? Do you believe that? Then they're backing the protesters in Oregon and, and, and making excuses for them. Every, so many people have done this so many times. It's no longer a positive. No one cares if you're consistent or you believe the same thing that you did three months ago. It's just dead. And I don't know if it's just because people deal with it so often now in their own personal life that it's just no longer a priority. I mean, do you think the John Kerry flip-flop would work on a politician today? No. You, you voted for it before you voted against it? So what? No. Nobody cares about that anymore. Nobody cares. Oh I mean, he flip-flopped on absolutely every issue. And it's every single issue. So it's it media members, it's celebrities, it's everybody all at the same time. Yeah. So why not go after those aesthetic things that we seem to be electing people on? Why not go after a guy who can communicate? Again, I'm, I'm saying this politically. I'm not saying this is a good idea for myself. But someone who can communicate well and be likable and know how to do those things well. You know they've those learned games. that lesson. Yeah, they have to have. They've learned that lesson. I'll and they you. win every time if that's the game. Oh, if you're talking popularity contest. You got that right. All the most popular kids. You got that right. Back in a minute. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.
Welcome to the program. I'm sorry I'm starting Christmas early. I needed it today. This won't get old at all uh, by Christmas time. <laughs> That's the good thing. Yeah, right. At least it'll stay fresh the whole time. Yeah, right? Almost. Right? Right. We do have a number of these that rotate, though, right? Yes, like, we do. Well, have you, so. Yes, we do. So. And you're right. We you're, you know what? It. You are just, you're Scrooge. <laughs> no, I'm, I am. Oh, come on. You know better than that. The it's, just, spent... it's November 14th. Pat Gray spent three years of his salary to decorate his home. <laughs> yeah. I would say he is not, not Scrooge. That's, that's, that's a good point. That yeah. is true. We're still paying for the first year, and we have two more on top. <laughs> the, the issue here is the earliness of it. I mean, I think all everyone expects post-Thanksgiving. I know, post I, I know and we, we always start the day after Thanksgiving. I just right. got up this morning. My wife freaked me out last night. Why? She said, next week is Thanksgiving. and I was Because oh, yeah. I was in bed, and I'm like, come on. Honey, we'll talk about this later. She's like, we need to make a decision. I'm like, we don't need to make a decision. Thanksgiving's still a ways away. She's like, it's next week. <laughs> what? When did that happen? But the good part of that is it's uh, vacation week next week. Yes. No, no, no. Don't say that now. Wait. If we, if we keep it quiet, then mm-hmm. somebody in the Trump administration could say that we have been taken off the air. <laughs> Breitbart can report that. Um <laughs> Uh, but, you know, so I, I, I and I just needed I, I don't know, I, I need to get out of this. Uh, this funk that I was in today when I got up and and mainly is because I saw did you see the Mary Matlin Van Jones spat on ABC yesterday? No. Holy no. cow. My gosh, did they go at it head to head? We should get Mary on. She was. In the end, she was very sarcastic. Oh, well, I'm so deeply sorry. And it was a moment where nobody on the panel was looking at each other. What was the disagreement over? Uh, Van Jones said, you know, it's white lash. What we saw tonight was white lash. Oh. And he said, what do I tell him? So he said it again. Yes. No, he said that. No, no, no. And she brought it up. And she said, you know, Van, I think you should apologize for saying that it was white lash. And he said, I have nothing to apologize for. He said, that's what it was. And if you, if you listen to the audio, I said, there is, a, there is a, a, a number of people that are alt-writers that this is white lash for them. Uh, I, now, I didn't hear the full text of it. I saw, you know, I saw the clip. Yeah, based on what we played, that's not what he said. But maybe yeah, he said it but, somewhere else. Yeah, maybe he, or, or there he said, if you listen to the whole thing in context, I said it was a small number of people. If indeed he did say that, well, okay, um, I could see that it's a small number of white nationalists that were like, yeah, I want to take our country back. Well, some okay. of them even, even paid for robocalls, so we know that there yeah, was we know that a happened. number of them. Right, we know that happened. Um, her point was, you can't, you can't pin this on, um, you know, white lash. That's a small number of people. That's not what happened here. And you'd be better off talking to the former Democrats who are in places of coal country and talking to them and seeing that they are afraid. Basically, what um, uh, Patel said last week, mm-hmm. you know, there are people who are afraid of their for their job and their livelihood. Yeah. And uh, it just got ugly from just got ugly from there. Just wow. got ugly. Mm. I like what Ben Sass wrote, though. Ben, ben Sass did an op ed about, um, you know, in this. This is how we feel. And you've got the left screaming at the top of their lungs about 
uh, how they don't want Trump to succeed. They want him to fail. And Ben Sa- and they are the ones who were yelling at us when Obama was elected twice that we were saying, okay, this guy could ruin America. Yeah, you remember when... You remember, they didn't think we should be rooting against him. Yeah, you world. remember when they went off against uh, Rush Limbaugh and Rush Limbaugh just threw it back in their face and said, I don't want him to be successful. Right. So Ben Sass is saying if you're rooting against Trump... You're rooting against America, and that's where we are. So we're trying to root for Trump right now. We're trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. We're we're taking a wait and see approach. Bannon thing is really that's hard. That's hard. It's hard to take. That's it hard. Really to is because that really guy is. is a white. That I mean, guy the is Priebus thing is hard to take to me for for the guy who's supposed to be anti-establishment. Yes, and you get the most establishment guy. I can I can <clears throat> I can swallow that one without saying the 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 bannon is an abomination that guy is he is white nationalist white power central yeah he knows exactly what he's doing some of the 60 minutes interview was tough to take uh he's already backed off the wall and said part of it might be offense which okay i mean that's i i said early on i'd take a fence just build a double wide fence because you're never going to get a wall built um, so if he actually builds a fence and it goes all the way ac- ac- across the border, that's that's, that's fine. fine. But that's not what he said during the campaign. Do, do you think is it? Uh, are you worried at all about you know he's saying he's not going to uh, he's going to leave parts of Obamacare in place? He's not going to tear up the Iran deal. Worried, worried about that? Yeah, yeah, I am. That's worrisome. Yeah, he's not going to tear up the Iran deal. He also said that he was going to take out about two million um, illegals that are here that are the most violent. And he said, we'll either take them out and put them uh, and ship them back home where they belong or we'll imprison them. Where do we have three million beds for prisons? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's a little insane. And but then he went on to say in the 60 Minutes interview, um, if that and after we get the fence built, then we'll decide what we're going to do with the rest of them. Right. Good people. And so the good here. people. So and lived here for a long you're going to get amnesty. Yeah, it's going to get amnesty it, for. Fifteen million seemed people. like that's where that's yeah, headed. but I mean that's also you know what you know Marco Rubio kind of uh, right, but, but that's, that's not the where problem Trump was that's that the is problem not what Trump said during the campaign that's trying to apply was, not his promise Marco Rubio was slaughtered because he said yeah. that, that he was being honest by people who are currently in the administration yes <laughs> yeah, Breitbart right. came apart for that um, I'm trying to apply the uh, Selena Zito standard we've talked about many yes. times which is to take what he's saying uh, seriously but not literally I, you know a lot of times whether he's actually made a decision to say uh, that we're not gonna have a wall or not I have no idea I'm just trying to the general sense i think he's trying to get through is that he's a uh, he's going to be tough on the border and then probably afterwards we might be seeing some amnesty i will we'll be see happy. i will judge him here's on these where things i am here's proposed. where i am i'll be happy if he secures the border yes if that means Me electronic too. that means fences that means walls that means troops however it's done whatever can be done it, should be done i want it permanent you know what I mean? I don't want, well, we're just going to send the National Guard down there. No, no, that's not permanent. That'll go away the minute you're out. So I want a permanent solution. Then beyond that, if we have to talk about people who have been here for 40 years, 20 years, whatever, okay, let's talk about it. I'm not going to be happy, but okay, we'll talk about it as long as the border is secure. But that's not what Donald Trump ran on. No, and it's, by any stretch of the imagination, many of the things that he will probably fall down on as campaign promises uh, will be things that I will actually like. 
Like, he will be worse on many things. Like, for example, he's, he was basically talking about, you know, 45% tariffs is an easy one. And then he said he's not necessarily going to do that, but that's definitely the threat he would make. I really hope he f- fails on that campaign promise mm-hmm. um, because I don't want them. And I think they will be terrible for the country. They will be disastrous for the country. Right. So, I mean, I, I'm, ho- you know, some of those things won't be, they will, they will point to him not necessarily being honest in the campaign, but the campaign's over. He's won. I had a guy come um, up to us after our uh, event last night where we were talking about the Constitution and, and all of that. And immediately following that, he came up and he said, I got to talk to you about Donald Trump. <laughs> so, okay, uh, what? <laughs> He's like, uh, you don't understand. You and Glenn don't understand because you, you haven't read Art of the Deal. He's a negotiator. When I was 12. He's negotiating prob- He. He didn't, he didn't realize, I don't think, Stu, that you'd read it already, but uh, he knew Glenn and I hadn't read Art of the Deal, and he's talking about negotiation, and I said, negotiation's not our problem with, with, with Donald Trump and trade. Tariffs are our problem with Donald Trump and trade. I think what he was We're trying to say. trade people. I think well, what, so am I. Yeah, and that's what Trump says, but then he talks tariffs all the time. Right, but he, I think his point was, he's not really a tariff guy. He's using that as the negotiating tool. Possibly, right. yes. And that's, that's why I said I'll, I'll wait and see what he actually proposes. And Let's does. see. If he turns out to be free trade, but he's, he's continually backed up every time he has said, oh, look, I'm a big free trade guy. It's just that we need tariffs. <laughs> wait a minute. That's not free trade. Well, the, um, uh, the Chinese responded to that today um, and said, go ahead, put a tariff. We're going to shut down your soybean. We're going to shut down your corn. Um, we'll shut down the imports. You go ahead. Put a put a tariff on us. You will lose. You will lose. This is this is what I don't understand about the stock market. Is uh, I mean, it, it's already at an all time high. That is all bogus. It's all bogus, and. In the last few days, it's gone to a new all-time high, which is even more bogus. This just feels like 1929, like to the max to me. I mean, we are just, we are just itching for trouble. We just keep pouring money into things that don't make any sense at all. Mm. And we haven't seen any action. He puts a trade tariff in. You want to talk about a collapse of the economy. He puts another trillion-dollar spending bill in for, well, he wants a half a trillion dollars for his child early child care and then another trillion dollars for his stimulus. There's a trillion and a half dollars. Where's it coming from? Oh, and the tax cuts. So where's it all coming from? He's already said he doesn't have a problem with debt. Well, guys, at some point we're going to have to pay for that. They're not going to. The rest of the world is not going to. He's taking out his salary. He's not taking the presidential salary. So saving four hundred right that. there. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I, uh, you know, but the, the Obamacare thing is another interesting part of that. And that he wants to keep the pre-existing conditions part of it. There are a few uh, the, the kids on your uh, insurance until they're twenty-six. He wants to keep several big parts of Obamacare. Um, and it, but he wants to get rid of conditions. I want to keep that. Right. I want to keep the mandate. I want to keep. Right. You know, when, you, when you start keeping little elements like that, pretty soon you've got no Obamacare. Obamacare. Right, it's close to Obamacare. However, some of the stuff he says he's got to get rid of, uh, like, for example, maybe the penalty uh, for not being on the mandate and, and things like that that they can do through reconciliation, the budget process, you're taking away, you're essentially keeping the plan, 
but taking away the way to pay for it. Now, it was already a terrible idea beforehand. If you of the mandate, then you are going to bankrupt all of the insurance companies. Right, because the whole point of Obamacare is to make uh, young, healthy people to pay for older people's health care. I mean, that's essentially the entire plan in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. So what he wants to do is keep the people who are older and, uh, and maybe have serious conditions, they get to keep getting covered. However, the younger people no longer have to be in the system to cover them. So now I fully 100% agree that you should not be paying penalties for not having insurance. I am 100% behind that effort. And it's going to be a very nuanced and difficult thing to repeal Obamacare in this environment without causing additional disasters. And the additional disasters don't get blamed on Obamacare. They get blamed on you. They get blamed on Republicans. They get blamed on, quote unquote, conservatives. They get blamed on that side of the argument who's been wanting to repeal it the whole time. Now, look, you still have to do it. But I just hope that he looks at it and, and, and is able to, and it seems like some of the people around him are, are pretty good on this realm, um, to be able to really look at the repercussions of this because it's a type of thing that can feel good on day one and turn into a massive disaster that turns all of the House and the Senate and everything else against you later on. If I were a fiction writer, here's the thing that I would be writing right now, that um, the FBI director was brought in and threatened that you are going to say something was wrong and then you're going to pull that back. Um, And he was threatened because the real power behind the power uh, found out that the economy and everything else is in much worse shape. And they knew if their guy got in, it'd be done. And their guy had already made a deal with the other guy, the celebrity, the Donald Trump character, they had already made a deal to help the, the Democrat win. He was going to just go out and just do crazy things. He had no intention of doing that. He was going to get the payoff for his service to the, new, to the next president later. Instead, they found out things were going to be really bad and they wanted to blame it on him. I mean, because that is probably what is coming. Great story if you wanted to write it. And now this. Gun sales growing at an incredible rate. If you own guns, you've got to protect them. People believe that they can have what you have if they can take it. Liberty Safe is the place where I store my guns. Liberty Safe is a safe that we bolt to the, to the concrete foundation. That thing's not opening and it is not going anywhere. You're not getting the guns out of a Liberty Safe. You're not getting anything you keep in a Liberty Safe out. You're not taking the Liberty Safe out either. Right now, they're making 100, I'm sorry, 500 safes a day right here in America. And the demand keeps going up. Liberty Safe comes with a lifetime warranty. Their customer service is number one. I promise you, the only thing you'll regret on buying a Liberty Safe is you should have got a bigger one. Guarantee. Go to LibertySafe.com. Use promo code BECK. Get $250 off when you buy a Liberty Safe. LibertySafe.com. Discounts are automatic and matching mail-in rebate is also offered. For the best built safe on the planet, go to LibertySafe.com. Type in code name BECK. LibertySafe.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.
This won't be old. Um, so there are 700 counties in the United States that voted for Obama twice. Okay. Uh huh. Trump was able to pick off 209 of them. 209 of the 700. Hmm. There are 2,200 counties that never supported Obama at all in either election. How many did Clinton pick off? 2,200. None. Three. Six. Yeah. Legitimately. Uh. Six. I was closer without going over. Six of 2,200. <laughs> it just shows what a terrible candidate she was because yes. even just Did margin of error. Nobody, and, nobody in the media is, is pointing that out. No. Nobody I, I, is saying, we ran the worst candidate of all time. No, what they're pointing out is, she won the popular vote. That's what they keep pointing out. Yep. Yep. And they're and firing Trump, up that. And Donald Trump, keeps saying, yeah, Trump Donald Trump keeps saying, what a landslide it was. No, it wasn't. And he this agreed. Is the worst turnout in a while, yeah. In a long time. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.